Welcome to Life the Mashup, where four college students come together to talk about all things life. Tune in every week for thoughts, opinions, and stories about our boring lives. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Life the Mashup. This is episode eight. I'm JP. I'm Angus. I'm Devon. I'm Kiara. And this week we're going to be talking about credit, money, money, finances, financial literacy, um, and yeah. Getting that literate. bank in college. None Ooh. of us are getting that bank. Stashing mad cash. Yeah. Stop talking. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, is this the first semester we've all had? Like, did you have any employment last year, Devon? Uh, like hourly employment? No. Kiara? Mm-hmm. You're, yeah, you, you were work ambassador. for the school. Yep, I work for the school. See. Same for you. I was a researcher at Clarkson. Oh, no. fuck. <laughs> 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 uh, that was so good. I was a research student, and I was working as, as an ambassador. <laughs> What's an ambassador? An ambassador is basically like a tour guide, so we... Let me read my resume uh, summary, actually. So it's basically like a tour guide... We assist families and prospective students that want to come and see the school and the specific program we were part of. So we just, like, walk them through what we do, how, like, student life is, how academics are. I help out more with, like, the, like, open houses and stuff like that. Or Acceptance Students Day we have. Yeah, that's when you find me. When you get, like, a whole bunch of people at once. Yeah, I like a big crowd. We have one this Saturday. Yes, this Saturday from this recording, it will have been like a week ago when this podcast comes right. out. Yeah, no, I can't work it. You can't? I can't. I have two jobs. Are you oh, working your true. other job? Oh, yeah, you were telling me that it's going to... Yeah, so we can only work 20 hours a week. Yeah. And because of my other job, I've taken so many shifts that, like, splitting it is a little difficult. Um, no, I'm not working this weekend for any reason. I think I might do a standby, though. That would be cool. I'm doing... Which one? Uh, The women's hockey opener. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. That's Friday night, right? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Friday. So I think I might do that depending on what time it is. It's 6 to Five 8. or 6 p.m., yeah. I don't know. We'll figure that out. Right. I guess we can start this week on how was your week for everybody? Very quickly. Any updates? JP, you want to go first? Uh, no, you can go first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, my week You're has been kind of week. shit this week. Like, it's just – so it hasn't been a bad week. It's more just been, like – it's an exam week. Um, I'm taking some classes that I'm not as comfortable in, like as in the past. I'm taking more computer science classes this semester. And I added a major in computer science because I enjoy computer science, but it doesn't come naturally to me like mathematics does. Like I need to put in a lot more work in those classes to really understand what's going on, especially one of them. Um, like, I just have no idea what's going on in that class, honestly. I, I, I attend every class, I watch closely, and I, my mind is still just blank with knowledge about what I'm supposed to be learning. Um, and, you know, some of that's me. Some of that, uh, I think, is the professor. Like, that professor doesn't have the reputation for being the best professor. But that's kind of been messing with my week a little bit. It just hasn't been a good week. But... Every day gets a little bit better, you know, except for, like, tomorrow I have an exam at 8 a.m. So that kind of sucks. Yeah, I'd say my week was probably <clears throat> similar. Like, it's not not been as – I want to say it was as bad as Angus made his sound, but it was uh, just kind of meh because of exams and stuff like that. So 
It's not been the best week, but it's not been the worst week, definitely. You did have a cool um, event happen in your previous... Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, in EMT class, we got me, Angus, and Kiara all got uh, stethoscopes and blood pressure cups and CPR masks. So now we're kind of like official. We have our, our, our tools, our toys. It kind of felt like crazy. Now. Pen lights, though. No, we didn't yeah, get pen lights. And, I'm okay. kind of sad about that. Small aside, we were supposed to get our shirts tonight. So, like, in order to, like, get people used to working in EMS, there's supposed to be a uniform for that class. But they, like, the shirts were delayed because the shirts are custom. They say the name of the EMS school on them. Uh, and they were delayed. And then we were told that they finally got here. We were supposed to get them tonight. And then... Not like not our professor, but the head of the EMS school comes over during the class and says they sent us all the men's shirts and not a single one of the women's. And they're not going to like just hand out the men's shirts and be like, all right, men, your dress code is active. Women keep waiting. So we're still waiting on shirts, which kind of sucks just because like when the professor, the professors wear the same shirts and they look cool wearing them. Like I think those are nice looking shirts. I think they're all right. They remind me of the regular shirts that we get given for our EMS agency on campus. Yeah. I would I would like one – so, like, the shirts we get are these polo shirts. I would like one of the black button-downs the professors get to wear, like the black mm. button-down with the logo on it. I don't think I think so, that looks Because cool. that one's not, like, flex fit. It's, like – No, not for, like, material. actually running, but, like, for in class, I feel like that one is nice. I wouldn't like that one personally. I like buttons all the way down my shirt. No, really? That's all Angus, is, Angus wears, by the way. Buttons. He's <laughs> just covered <laughs> in super glue buttons. <laughs> Kiara, how was your week? Uh, Well, I had three exams on Monday. Oh, so, yeah, yeah, it was a shitty way exams. to start the week. I had a genetics exam, uh, an OCHEM exam, and the EMT exam. That'll be uh, the other oh, stuff. I had that exam, too. What's well, crazy, bro? It's crazy. Um, I have another exam tomorrow. My car needed $600 worth of work. Really annoyed me. Um, it needs more work, but yeah. It's really fun. I'm really loving that. It needs like $2,000 worth of work now. What? Like they found $2,000 worth of more broken stuff when they were cutting your hood off? So basically like my entire front end like needs work. And they were like, it's not at the level where it's dangerous. Like the frame? Like no, so like engine, my frame is like fine, but like block? the like the thing I don't know how cars work, bro. Like the parts inside of my, not the frame. The frame is fine. All of the parts. Um, did they much. tell you you need to? I'm change? not good at describing cars, bro. Did don't they tell ask you me. you need to change or get a new muffler? Because you, would definitely I definitely have do a need to get a big hole yes, in yes, that yes. one. I know that my muffler, my <laughs> my <laughs> car, you know. <laughs> did they change your blinker fluid for you? No, they should have done that. No, shut up. I know the blinker food is not a thing. I'm not that it dumb. Is. I know some things, and I that's shut up, JP. You put it in the gas place. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's where the kitty when, litter goes. When you go to the gas station, and there's like all the regular ones, but then sometimes you'll find that special one that says kerosene on it. That's your blinker fluid. Oh, is it really? <laughs> yeah. Next time I go, I'll help to like fill Spray up. Spray that all over the front of the car. Yeah, and then like then smoke a cigarette. And flick it really cool. Yeah, into yeah, the yeah. Front of your car. Mm-hmm. Get right on that for you, JP. How was your week? It was good so far. I think it was pretty busy today. It was pretty busy. I had so my first class was at eight. Then I had. 
a break from 9 to 10. Then I had meetings all the way from 10 to now. So it's been pretty crazy, but it's been it's been good. Uh, I've been able to get a lot of things done. Uh, that was probably a guide for a cable, and you probably I, I know it what up it is. now. No, it's always been there. It's always been there? Okay. Um, I don't really want to cut this out. So there's ports in the walls in this room for guiding cable from, like, the desk up to the higher level. And uh, it's one of, the, like, the little guides with, like, string on the outside so you can't see into it, and I pulled the guide out of it. Hmm. Well, but, yeah, my week has been pretty good, I guess. Uh, nothing really crazy going on. I started working more hours for the research project I'm working on. I had one. Now I'm doing three different things, so it's pretty crazy. I'm doing a paper, I'm doing a design, and then I'm doing a research study. So I'm, I need to, like, figure out how to better organize my days. But other than that, it's been going pretty good. Yeah, that's been similar for me. This, so this week, like right now, my only paid job is being a teaching assistant, um, and I like teach class. I teach a couple classes every week, but in those classes, I have to like do all the. I have to prep all my work ahead of time so that when I show up, I'm like like big surprise out there for anyone who like goes to college. When you go into a math class and your prof comes in and they have all those papers. That's all the work already done ahead of time. They're not just doing all of it off the top of their head most of the time. Um, do you get paid for, like, doing the work I do, in your room? But, like, with – so, like, the prep isn't a big deal because I teach two classes, but the it's, it's the same thing I teach in both of them. So mm -hmm. the, I only have to do one prep. But then afterward, during each class, I administer a quiz. There's, like – 25, 30 people in each of those classes. So then I come back and I have 60 quizzes I need to grade. And on a normal week, that's not a big deal for me. But like this week, I didn't get it done. And that's not a huge deal. Like no one in that class, it really cares that much what their quiz grade is, where they're going to be really annoyed that they're going to have to wait an extra week to get their marks back. But I feel bad that like I didn't get it done. So... But it's just like that, there's been so much stuff that all accumulated to this week. And for anyone out there who like might be listening to this and is on their way into their first year of college, I felt like in high school, exam weeks like we have them in college didn't exist nearly as much. Like your exams tended to be a little bit more spread out and randomized. And also, I feel like in high school, exams are usually weighted a little bit less in terms of your overall grade. They, I felt like they were in high school. Like, I have a class this semester where we do one project that spans the whole semester, and it's 55% of our class grade. And then we have three exams that are each 15%. And we do no homeworks, nothing else. Just half of your grade is determined by exams. I think that makes no sense. That really annoys me because that's a computer science class, and, like... A lot of other people disagree with this, but I have a lot of friends in computer science who do agree with it, that within the field, like within computer science classes, it makes sense to have a good amount of homework. Like that homework is how you practice when you're like learning with a new language and everything, doing skills. 
so I like having homework, and there's no homework in that class. And that's the exam I have tomorrow at 8 a.m., and I don't feel prepared mm-hmm. because we all we've done so far is like the first part of the project is due next week. And other than that, I haven't had any wor- – I haven't had I haven't had to use any critical thinking to work with the language myself. Yeah, that sucks. I hate the classes, for example. I'm taking um, electrical science this semester. So we have either two or three exams, but, like, exams are worth, like, more than 50% of the class, I think even more than 75% of the <coughs> class. So if you fail one exam you're almost, like, dead. And it, I don't think it really makes any sense. I think, it, like, you going to class, you're going to learn some things if you really pay attention and if you really care. After you finish the class, you're not going to remember half of what you learned. So it's like... I have another class this semester that I was expecting it because I had this professor for a class last semester, but it's even more extreme in this one because there's no project where... Your homework, you get one homework assignment a week. That's 25% of your grade. And then you have three exams, which are all also each 25% of your grade. And that's like you – like that. the class is called Automata Theory. It's another – it's a cross-listed computer science and mathematics course. If you go into one of those exams and there was just like something in that unit that despite your best effort, you don't understand it. And you really mess up because the questions are long. So there's usually only like three, four questions. You miss like one or two of those questions completely on an exam. And you've gone, say you had a perfect 100 before, to a B for the class. Yeah. Which I think is a little absurd. And the professor, like that would never happen in that class. He works, like he makes sure there's a way to like try and make up if there was something like that you just didn't understand. But at the same time, there are other classes where professors do that same thing, and they don't give those, those like, backups to try and help you out. Yeah, I have, for, like, my statics class, that's, I talked with a professor, and I was like, this is a class that makes the most sense, like, how it is set up. So we have, like, we don't have exams, we just have a final exam that is worth 25% of the grade. We have weekly homeworks every single class, and that's worth 15%. And then every week we have an, a quiz, and that's worth 60%. And that makes total sense because overall we're going to have like 15, 14 quizzes that are not going to be huge. They're just going to be like on what you have been learning in, like during that week. So that makes sense. And then you have the homeworks that back up the quiz, and then you have the final exam just to make sure like you yeah. got it. That makes sense. That was what it was like when I took physics one. Yeah. And that was nice. They made, like, they purposefully made the class more difficult. Like, they made the content more difficult than it is now because you were having weekly quizzes instead of big cumulative exams. But in that class, I had friends who would get, like, literally, I know people that got 25 or 30 out of 100 on those quizzes, and they could still pass the class with an A if they did well on the other quizzes. Right. Like, I think that's more... I think that makes more sense. Yeah. But each professor has their own way of doing things, and that's fine, but... That's what you get when you go to school to get a PhD. Yeah. You get to have some more autonomy. However, let's go back to what we are going to be talking about today. Uh, Financial literacy or credit scores, credit cards... 
So what are your thoughts on credit cards? I know we have a room that has pretty different thoughts. We have very diverse thoughts. Devon, so, you want to start? We'll start from yeah. We'll start from the zero, <laughs> and then we'll build up. I guess I have the most like polarized like on. We have two polar ends in the room. Me, we have an in between. Yeah, Kiara. but we have in between, and then we have polar. So Kiara and Angus are kind of like. And I are pretty much on the same level. Kiara is the only. I don't know. A, JP is very, very, very adamant about credit cards, and me, I'm like, uh, I don't see the need. I've never had one. I've not ran into any issues, and my parents say I don't need one, so I'm like. Hopefully, okay. after this podcast, either you or somebody listen. Go on, get a credit card. A credit card. <laughs> I don't know. If, like, like, hopefully people listening, because this was the thing for me, and we'll get to me when we get to my part, like, sort of in the middle. We need a credit card sponsorship. Yes. Uh, the Amex? Centurion. Centurion Black yeah, Card. The Black yeah. Card. Um, <laughs> $5,000 annual fee. Uh, for me, I didn't – I was sort of like – I don't get the purpose of a credit card other than trying to spend money that you don't have to spend. And it's a lot more than that. But we'll get to that with me. Hopefully someone at least expands their knowledge as to why credit cards aren't just a way to spend money you don't have to pay. I mean, that was really my my. I just don't have one. I don't see the need for one. And, yeah, I'm living life fine without one, so. Yara. That's it. That's what we're saying. Okay. Um, I have one credit card, but it's in my mom's name, and I'm just an authorized user. I don't know. This works for me. JP, you're most knowledgeable on that. You want to talk for a minute about what it means to be an authorized user and how that affects your financial status overall. Definitely. So I'm going to go into, like, all the details, but keep it as simple as possible. So basically, in the United States, there are not companies I don't remember the specific name, but there are, like, three main... Bureaus. Bureaus that, oh, like... Credit bureaus. ...manage your credit score, and I'm going to get to that. So, basically, there's Equifax, there's TransUnion, and there is Experian. So, there are three different terms. You can be the account holder, so the account is on your name. You can be a co-signer, so basically... You both are responsible for the credit and the money that you are borrowing, or you can be an authorized user. What that means is, in your case, Kiara, your mother is uh, liable for the money that is being spent in that account, and you basically have a copy of her credit card, but you are authorized to use that credit card. It probably has your name and everything, uh, so you can sign and everything. You don't have to sign um, as... You know, whatever your mom's actual name birth. is. All I can think of is birth, but I know it's not birth. her real name. Uh, <laughs> but the beneficial thing about that is that being an authorized user, for most banks, it reports to, the, to your credit score. Um, I'm going to get to what the credit score is in a little bit when I try to convince Yvonne of why you should get a credit card. But but it, it shows up in your credit score, so, so that's pretty good. Um, then I'm going to... So you yeah. have one of each of those still, right? Yes. So you have two of your own credit cards just under your name? No, no, just one. Just Because I just turned 18 like yeah. a week ago. You have a co-signed card with your brother. No, I'm an authorized user with my brother. Oh, okay. I'm a co-signer in one with my mother. With your mother. And my brother. Okay. So it's like three co-signers in one, and then I'm an authorized user for... The other one. And I actually just learned that 
because I call Chase and I'm like, I don't think I'm a cosigner for this account and I see this in my credit score. Why is this? And he was very kind and he explained to me, oh yeah, if you are an authorized user, it will show up in your credit score. You're just not liable for the money, which is great. So some people, I was actually talking to... Great if you want to fuck around and yeah. have someone else take the blame for it. No, so I was talking with... I would like with... it to be noted that I don't just fuck around with the money. <laughs> and then make your mom take and care of it. And then make my mom pay for it now. So uh, last year in November, I was in a conference in Florida and I was talking with a guy. Uh, he was a bit older. He was maybe mid-40s or yeah, probably 30s or 40s. And he was telling me that he has a child... And the day his child was born, he was an authorized user in his credit card. So the day he turned 18, he already had a credit card history for 18 years. And that's a big deal. It's a huge part that's of your credit score. That's a huge deal. So I guess I can get to the credit score now and what it is. I have it here because there are a bunch of things that go into it. But basically, the credit score is like a score that these brewers use to like say how likely you are to get better API, APR rates. It's them rating, like, how good you are at... If we give you money, how how good they think you are at giving it back. And, like, right. like whether or not you in the past have given it back is not the only factor. And I think JP's going to go through the factors in a second. But that's the idea, is that they're, gonna, they're rating so that other people can look at that if they're maybe thinking about giving you money um, and decide whether or not you're a good person to loan money to. Yeah, so uh, this don't have like a specific order, I think. Factor number one is your total number of accounts. So in my case, I have a few student loans, and I see right now two of the credit cards because the other one is still in the mail probably, or it's back home, so whenever I go home, I'll go and activate the card, and it's then going to pop up there. Um so if you have student loans, if you have credit cards, things like that, your your total number of accounts. So those will add up. Um, if you have zero to five, that's a pretty low number. If you have six to twelve, that's that's okay. If you have thirteen to twenty one, that's good. And if you have more than twenty two accounts, that's excellent. So that's why I was telling you earlier that some people, these are like super crazy people. I'm not saying they are wrong or right. But some people open a new bank, like not bank account, but credit card every three months. So they have like 50 credit cards. They don't have 50 cards in their wallet. They have like their favorites. And sometimes they just cut the card and throw it somewhere. They don't use it, but they have the account. So they have a huge um, like limit of spending limit that you can use. And that's another point that goes into your credit score. The second point that is very important is uh, uh, your payment history, so paying on time, uh, making sure you at least pay your uh, minimum payments. Uh, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Um, the second one is credit utilization. So there's like a rule of thumb that they say stay between the 21 and the 40s. 30s are pretty good. And that's if, percent of your... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 20%. So like when you get a, when you get a credit card... Like a, a true credit card, not a charge card. Um, it, things work a little bit differently for charge cards. Yeah. But a true credit card, you're going to be given a credit limit. So, like, I have two cards. One of mine is $2,000 a month credit limit. The other one's $1,500 a month credit limit. 
you don't that doesn't mean every month you should be spending like 3300 of that 3500 just cuz you have available have it available to you and that's part of what JP was saying before people that have 50 accounts cuz they open new accounts all the time they can cut a card cuz they decide they don't want it anymore they don't get the cash back benefits or anything anymore but they have say that card had a $4000 spending limit that's $4,000 that you're never using, so you're staying within that well below that 20, 30, 40% margin of how much of your credit limit you should be using. Yeah. So the excellent of like credit utilization is between 0 and 20, but if you use 30%, that's like pretty good. I usually try and stick to 30%. Yeah, that's I don't know fine. what you do. You have more cards that like if you have more cards you can spread it out. Yeah. So it, Usually, in the one I share with my brother, we try, like, to keep it in zeros all the time. Like, mm-hmm. we buy something, we pay it off, at, like, mm-hmm. in the same moment. Uh, the one I have with my mom is pretty different because she, she uses that card also. Um, but in my personal card, uh, I'm planning or I'll be paying, like, as when I spend something, I'll just send the money to my account. And I'll talk about why I would do that. Um, the other point, I'll try to get this done super fast is the age of your credit the other one is your credit inquiries so basically when you apply for a credit card when you apply for a loan these uh, companies in this case the banks are going to make a hard pull of your credit score so they are going to check how your credit score is to see if you are a good like like in good standing per se for their credit card and the last one is like derogatory marks which is very technical they have a very high impact but it's typically they typically typically don't happen so going back to why you it's a good idea to have like a lot of credit cards and not use them if you have a credit card that you don't need to use if you close the account you are losing a bunch of things that hit your credit score you're losing age of credit because if that account was two years old, you're losing that. You're losing credit utilization, or actually not, not credit utilization, my bad. You're losing total account and overall credit limit. You, to a degree, do lose credit utilization. I because mean, yeah. if you keep, so like, if you keep a $2,000 account and you're using $0 of it, that's keeping you well within the excellent 0 to 20% margin of how much of your credit you should be using. But... If you get rid of it and you're using your other cards responsibly, yeah, it that one I would say has a lesser impact. And then some people say, if I don't use a credit card, the bank is going to close it. Sometimes the bank will close it, but when they close it, they will probably offer you, oh, we see that you don't use this card very often. Do you want to get like a lower level card from our same bank? Sometimes they'll be like, no worries, we can close your account it won't hurt your your credit score. And if they say that, go for it. You should do it. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes they do. Um, but going back to the argument I'm going to try to use to convince you, when you use a credit card, I personally think of using money, not that I don't have, is using money from somebody else to pay something I want. So basically, if I want to buy a bottle of water... And I'm going to Walmart. I don't trust Walmart. If I use a credit card, I'm using the the bank's money. 
If I use my debit card, I'm using my money. If for some reason I lose a credit card or my credit card gets like, um, I don't Act know, stolen. like hacked or stolen, they're spending the bank's money. They're not spending my money because it's not in my in my checkings or savings account, which is very different. And there is like legally some terminology and some things that like you can prevent yourself from a lot of trouble if you're not spending your money because it's technically the bank's money. You're borrowing that money from them, but if somebody else spends that money, yes, it's under your name, but it's not your piggy bank. You know what I mean? I mean, if you talk about it not legally, just more in a, a like a sense term of like how, like think from like think from the bank's perspective. So you say bank a lot. Like some people, it's a matter of terminology. Like is Discover a bank? They're right. they're a credit whatever, and there's like credit unions yeah. that also have checking accounts. So the lines are really blurry now, um, but. If you're spent, so like uh, I'm using my debit card. I have a debit card with it's a national bank. It's not a local bank, but I have a debit card with a national bank. I go out and I, you know, I'm walking through the airport and someone slides their RFID money information stealer mm-hmm. into my butt pocket and steals all my debit card information. They go then and spend that money. They're pulling it directly from my account. Like it's gone now. And how much? How? In how much interest does the bank have in going and looking for that money? They didn't lose anything. It's my money that's gone. So this is talking completely not from a legal legal standpoint. Right. If I'm using my Discover card, I have a Discover card. Um, if you are a student, I would highly recommend looking into the Discover student card. It has great benefits and really low fees uh, <laughs> and interest rates as long as you can prove you're a student. Um if I'm using my Discover card, someone steals that, and then I tell them someone stole the money from this card. That's their money that just got stolen for right now. And credit cards usually have, like, a three-day processing time. Yeah. So in that time, you can be like, hey, bank, I did not spend this money. Figure out who did. And then from your phone app, you close or you freeze your credit card so nobody else can use it. I did that, actually, over this summer um i thought i had lost my wallet i had actually handed it to someone to uh to get cash so we order pizza to my beach a lot i had told someone to grab my wallet and get cash out of it to pay the pizza guy um and then they like put it in my desk drawer instead of back in my backpack um and i like i assumed they put it back in my backpack it wasn't until like 5 or 6 hours later that i noticed my wallet was gone and you know what I did? I went on my phone. At the time, I had three cards in my wallet, two debit, one credit. I paused all three of them within a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, you can do that with debit cards now as well. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm a little under the weather. With debit cards, a lot of times, once that money is spent, it's gone. Like, it's done now. That happened to a family friend of ours. Their debit card numbers got grabbed. And I think they had $800 in charges to their account within a day when they noticed it. And the bank was like, sorry, pal. Yeah. The end. Whereas, like, a lot of credit cards now, in order to attract customers, specifically promote that you will – I think Discover is one of them. Not for my card specifically, but 
for some of their cards that if you report a transaction um, and you can, within reason, prove that it wasn't you, like, you can say, like, okay, I live in, like, whatever, I live in Jersey City, and, um, like, I did not take any flights or anything, and there's a charge in Los Angeles, it's not mine. Some, a lot of credit card companies now make promises and it's in your contract with them that they won't charge you if you can reasonably prove that. And they're going to spend the investigative time and work to figure out who did that. And then you don't need to worry about it at all. So after that, what are your thoughts? What are your concerns? With have you cards? heard these okay. before? Do you yeah, have I've like heard it from you before? Have you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, it's a very convincing argument, right? But the, what I question is, right? Like, You're talking about the little, like, scanner things that come up to your wallet mm -hmm. yeah. or whatever and take your stuff. If, like, in my wallet, I wouldn't just stop carrying my debit card. Like, I carry my debit and credit card. I mean, it's a crapshoot of which one yeah. they pull. But So, a lot of people – so, like, I know a lot of people that don't carry a debit card. They just don't. Like, I feel like that's even more unsafe. I mean, what's unsafe about it? Like, what's your concern with it? Like, you're just saying, I'm going to – Put it somewhere out of out of out of sight, out of mind, and now you don't know where it is. Well, you like, should well, put like, somewhere. Like, I, have, I have three safes at my house. Right, like put it oh. in a safe, put it in a lock, like put it yeah. somewhere you know under the where mattress. It is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just with all those like hundred dollar bills with a rubber band around them, shove it under there under your mattress <laughs> with those. Yeah. But yeah, I think for me, for me personally, I wouldn't stop carrying my debit card just because I have two debit cards. I didn't stop carrying. That's a, that was that was kind of like, and that was kind of a jokey example. Like, my wallet doesn't have RFID protection. Mm -hmm. In theory, maybe someone could slide up behind me and, like, rub their RFID scanner because I keep my wallet. Well, when I'm walking with jeans, I keep my wallet in my back left pocket. Um, if I'm – like, if I'm in the city, I'm usually wearing a blazer or something like that, and my wallet's in my breast pocket. Um, and in that case, I – I mean, people that are skilled can get around it, but I like to think that I know a little bit better if someone's up just to coming up to me with If an someone's RFID rubbing scanner. up on your breast. Yeah. What are you looking up? Just because I feel like I was told something and I want to verify what it is. What, what were you told? I've been told that you can, like, I have a credit score without a credit card. And you have I've, student loans? Yes. Okay, that's why. Loans. Yes, you do. Okay, yeah. So you do have a credit score. But even before I came here, like I had a credit score. Before when I went to Navy Fed and got my card, I debit? had huh debit card. Yeah, my debit card. I had a credit score. Like before I came here and before I like accepted any student loans or anything like that. So all the points I mentioned, basically, they are all about credit. If you have a debit card, I'm, I'm almost sure certain the bank won't. It was something about, like, having money in your savings account for the bank to use adds to your credit score. That, If I'm know. not mistaken. That's I would look it up. I've never heard look of that. Up. JP knows more than I do about these things. Also, I want to make a point. So far, we've, like, negated some – like, I should say we've negated some stigmas. We've explained a lot of what credit cards are. We, right. we haven't made a great argument for the benefits other than the fact that like – other than like the identity theft thing. Oh, right. Ide identity theft is super real. Like it can happen to you. Watch out. Um, but at He the same time – sounds like an infomercial. There, there's a <laughs> lot of <Yeah>. other <laughs> – If it happens, please call 800 one help
<laughs> That's an invalid phone number. It probably 800, no, 800 help would work. Yeah. Uh, no, we should buy somewhere. that number. Um, uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, so like the big nice thing that you'll never get on a debit card that you get on almost any credit card now is, I mean, there's kind of two camps. There's the cashback camp and there's the mileage camp. Um, at this point in my life, I'm in the cashback camp. I would rather have cash back like and that's exactly what it is so on my credit card i can choose to have that cash back put in my savings account or i can choose to have it added directly like like automatically credited against my bill i always choose automatically credited against my bill because i used to do directly into my savings account but i use that same savings account to pay my credit card bill anyway um so it doesn't make a huge difference uh this is just a little bit easier i have an answer for you levon so here, according to Chase Bank, J.P. Morgan, how to establish your credit score without a credit card? So there are a few ways you can do it. You can have a phone plan on your name. So that's sort of similar if you to a credit card in the sense that you are getting a service and you are paying back for that. Mm-hmm. So you are borrowing money and you are paying back for Does that. Does that count if you have just like a regular phone plan or is that saying if you're in a contract where you're – like slowly purchasing a phone from So them. it says, if you have a phone plan in your name, your payment history may be reported to the three credit bureaus depending okay. on your type of contract and the phone company you are using. This means that on the time of... I don't think that would be the case for Devon. Yeah, because in no. your case, you don't have a phone plan yet. However, there are more. Rent payments. Yeah, so rent, rent payments may be reported to your credit bureau as well, becoming an authorized user. That's Kara's example and my example. That's great. Having to apply for a credit card on your own, you can request, without having to apply to a credit card on your own, you can request to become an authorized user on another person's card. This person may be a parent, legal guardian, trusted individual with a good credit history, which can also impact your score over time. That's also great because it gives you like length history, it gives you credit utilization, and it gives you some other things. And the other one is uh, federal student loans. Um, I think most of university students may have at least a few. I believe everybody in this room does. Yeah. Maybe not anymore. Oh, not every person. Yeah. That's rude. Uh, So I will say, like, cashback is great. So what cashback you get depends a lot on your card. My Discover card, um, the student plan, I don't mind talking about this because – Literally millions of people have that card. My other card, I won't say what company it's with because it's a lot more specific. But my Discover card is a rolling schedule. It's 1% cash back guaranteed on everything and then 5% on a rotating schedule. So right now I'm getting 5% cash back on restaurants and PayPal, I think. I never use PayPal and I try to avoid eating out at restaurants. So this quarter isn't the biggest one for me. But the first quarter of this year was imagine this year 2022 what was really expensive at the beginning of the year gas and guess what i got five percent cash back on i got five percent back on every single drip of gasoline i bought this year or this that first quarter which was like honestly amazing yeah that that's crazy like all the benefits or some of the benefits you can get from credit cards they're pretty great like me sharing a credit card with my brother, we get a bunch of money for online shopping, 
and it's crazy. I really appreciate that money. Because it's technically money you are getting back. It's cash back. Yeah, I I can. Like I said before, I can have that money put in my savings account. Yeah. In my case, that money is going to – that savings account is going to pay the credit card bill anyway. So is that worth it? Not really for me. Um, But you – like that is money that they are giving you back. And I have first-year cash back match on this card. So at at the end of my first year of having it, I am going to get – Summed up all the cash back I got the previous year. I'm going to get a bigger statement, you know, depending on how much cash back I end up getting, a match of all of that applied to my bill for April next year, whatever that one year mark is going to be. I will say one small thing. Credit cards are amazing for a lot of things. And they will, but they will allow you to do one thing that I don't think anyone should be doing, and that is spending money that you don't have, which is the concern when a lot of parents tell, like, college students don't get a credit card is because college students tend to be a little irresponsible and spend a whole bunch of money that (laughs) they don't have. So, like, I have a $2,000 limit on that card. All my cards added up right now, if something happened where they literally were both charged all the way to the max, $3,500. In my situation, I have – I could pay that off. However, if you only have, you know, whatever, five, 600 bucks in your savings account to put towards that credit card, don't be spending $1,000 on your credit card and then increasing your credit card debt, making minimum payments, and, like, becoming a slave to Discover – or Amex, or whoever it is. Credit card benefits, credit cards have minimal downfalls if you use them. I I, I mean, it's hard, it's weird to say, but like, I use my credit card like I would a debit card, where I never, I never swipe it unless I know there's money in my account to pay that bill. If you start using it like a, like a credit card, where it's just like, oh, I'll figure out what I'm going to, how I'm going to you know, how I'm going to pay for this $1,000, whatever. I'll figure out how I'm going to pay for this in 30 days when this bill comes due. That is why, that is where credit cards become problematic. So like JP was talking about you want, you pay off or when you get this card and how it is with the brother, the the brother, the card you co-signed with your brother, you pay off every purchase right away. Mm -hmm. I don't do that with my discover card because it's, an enormous pain. It takes several days for one of those transactions to process and then several more days for my payment to come from my account into my Discover account. So that means I'm looking at like a seven-day. Everything starts to get confusing. But I do check my card every single day. I'm on the Discover website checking to make sure that, you know, there's no – one thing, there's no weird charges that I didn't make. And also that um, I'm not encroaching upon the max I want to be spending. Yeah, and I think just because he made a good point about, like, making sure you have the money to spend at that moment. Like, I have money in my account or whatever. But because I don't have, like, like my job on campus is very, like, a very minimally paying job. And I'm working very minimal hours. Like, I don't think it's just, like, if I had a a 40 hour a week like steady job like that then sure i'd consider it more but like i just so i'm already trying i'm start i'm trying to build my 
savings account now and like my checking account. And so having that other account would just kind of be like, like it's another thing to worry about. If you get thirteen dollars an hour, and you work, you get thirteen fifty. Thirteen fifty? I don't know. And you work. It's just an example. And you work. 13, one hour a week is minimum, but a lot of yeah. the on-campus jobs jump to thirteen fifty because it's supposed to be thirteen fifty in January, I think. Wow. See, I can check so that. you get thirteen dollars an hour. You work an hour a week, so at the end of the week you have thirteen dollars. Mm-hmm. On the weekend, you go to Walmart and you buy coffee for ten bucks. Do you rather spend ten bucks for coffee or spend nine ninety nine? Maybe that's what I don't he would be okay. So what he's saying is, if you get if you get so on my Discover card, so I'll use my other card. My other card gets two percent back on all grocery purchases. Mm. Um, if I make ten dollars an hour, let's make easy numbers. Yeah, if I make ten dollars this week and my cup of espresso coffee, my can of espresso coffee also costs exactly ten dollars, neglecting sales tax, I can take my ten dollars that I made this week. I can go to the store, use my debit card, and come out at an even zero. I made my ten bucks. I bought my ten dollars worth of coffee. Fuck ton of coffee. It better be for ten dollars. Um, or I can use my uh, my credit card that I get two percent back if I buy it at a grocery store. If I use that and I get my 2% back, I spend my $10, and then I get, it's minimal, but it's 20 cents of it back. So 20 cents, that's a small amount. But how many hours do you actually work in a week, Devon? Uh, three. Three? Yeah. How much do you spend in an average week? I'd say in an average week, somewhere between 20 and 40. And usually the at the end of the two-week period, it's like 80-ish. And you're rolling over some money you made from the summer, I assume. Yeah. So, like, for me, I work five. I mean, after those textbooks, it's not much, but some of it. (laughs) I work five to six hours a week. I make, like, not, like, obviously, I make more than Devon. We we make the same wage. Um, But I have more hours being a teaching assistant than he does as a tutor, and that's just coincidence. Um, But for me, I'm rolling over from each summer usually six to $8,000 that I made over the summer. Um, so rolling that money over is what allows me to, well, Juan Paz. It all went to Yeah. You said it twice. A lot, of, a lot of my money did like, like, because I wanted to like be my, like a little bit independent this year and like buy my own book stuff, buy my courses, buy my things for my dorm room. Like, a lot of that stuff did end up going towards school. So I might have had, like, 20% of my entire summer, like, stuff go actually, like, get into Roll my over. account. Yeah. So, and, and I'll say we're all in very different situations here in terms of that. I can roll over that money because um, I wrote a fancy essay my freshman year about passion Um and I'm a presidential fellow, so my tuition is covered. And then I got a job, the same job that Devon has, working all the time as an RA. Like, it's a lot of hours. But because of that, my room and board is also covered. And that one's not like I wrote an essay one time and now I get free stuff. Like, that's a lot of active work, which 
I know like when you're talking about you say like I'm a tutor, I work three hours a week and then you get those $13 for those hours. Obviously, you can't calculate it in the same way, but it is absolutely worth mentioning that you work like 10 to 20 hours a week as an RA and you don't get paid hourly for that, but you make like $16,000 a year. It just happens to be applied directly to your bill. You don't get a check for it. Yeah. So don't negate that work. I mean, this is a little separate from the whole credit. It just doesn't go into my account. It doesn't make the whole the whole idea I was trying to make is like, like as someone like in college trying to establish themselves and like get their foothold in just real life, having a checking account and a savings account is already like enough. And it's totally fine. But for me, like the idea of if I spend fifty bucks and I have two percent cash back, I get a dollar back. You know what we who we need to actually convince about something like that? Kiara, because you know what she hates on me for doing saving the bottles from when I water when I buy water bottles from Walmart. I told her I was like, okay, if I spent if I spent eighty dollars the entire year on on bottles of water. And I and I save every single no, bottle. I think that you should and just I get, get no, like no, no. a Brita instead. Instead of first of all the plastic for single use plastics. Also, you don't get money back for a Brita. No, but like <laughs> well, you do spend a lot less money overall because a yes, Brita is like eighteen dollars. Exactly, that was my argument. Not yeah, that I'm you're just say, getting cash back, but that you're spending less money overall on a Brita because you're buying well, the Brita I, I one that's time. Not, that's not the I, point. I, I and you're I mean, being not, that, better towards that, the planet that, that because those the price are single of tea in China right now. No, it so, does because it's single. So, that was my argument. This is part of my argument. No, no, I understand your argument, but this was my argument. Take the Kiara shits on you about it part out of it. Just say why you save your plastic bottles. I save my plastic bottles because at the end of last year, I got. Like twenty dollars even back from saving my bottles, and if I spent eighty the entire year, like I'm not, I'm just we could we could sit here and do math. I will once somebody else takes over, but if I spent eighty dollars and I got twenty back, now I've only spent sixty dollars for eighty dollars worth of bottles. And while I could replace the filter in my in my water filter, I just haven't because I forget every time I go. So to I will say that what you're saying right now is is credit cards. Is, yeah, is is our point. So you can. The, the key thing with you is if you're trying to build your savings account, the key thing for you is making sure that you're treating that credit card the same way you currently treat your debit card. If, you're try- if you want to build that savings, then get the credit card so you can get the benefits and only spend what you would spend on your debit card. And for you, that's going to mean your credit card is going to grow even better because if you're doing that, if you apply for a credit card, I don't know what your credit score is right now. Obviously, you have student loans, so there's one active out there, and it depends on the bureau. Different bureaus give you different scores. If your credit score is good right now, which I assume is probably – when I say good, I mean literally there is a range that they call good. There's a range they call excellent, That all that way. Mine's fair. I can check it right now. We're not um, going to say it on here, but I'll show you. Uh, so if that's the case, you get that. Say you get approved for like a $1,500, $2,000 credit limit. By no means – should anyone in this room be spending fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars a month on anything but like their tuition to the school? However, in your case, if you're only spending, that's a good credit score. Yeah, I can see it. Um, in your case, if you're going to use it the Without same way, <laughs> if you apply for a credit card, you are going to get one. So and I a good one. I I would say that you could probably get a two thousand dollar limit. Credit card. Would you agree with that? I think you can get a $2,000 limit. So for the first one, you usually get a 500 one. So getting like anything above 500, it's a, it's good. I got 2000 for my first. 
If you wow. apply for a student card also, oh, yeah, that's it's going to be a little bit different. So, like, say you apply for the Discover student. Um, hey, Discover, if you're hearing this, hey. Yeah, okay. yeah sponsor so real quick, My email so is I can, beep. <laughs> oh. So I can, like, prove that what I did That you need a credit smart. card? No. Oh. I, I, if I returned $20 worth of bottles, that was 400 bottles because it's five cents each. I, I usually buy the forty packs, which is ten packs at five thirty six a pack. So at fifty three point six dollars minus twenty, I only spent thirty three. You know how many turtles okay, you my, killed? Exactly. <laughs> my major problem when we had this argument was how like bad that is for the planet. You guys it's are getting two recycled though. Arguments. Recycling is not like not a hundred percent of that plastic does not get reused. Exactly. I'm just saying I'm doing my part. What they do after is not. not you are no, not. No, doing you're not your doing part. your part. Your, your part, part would be, not be using exactly. Imagine, imagine not a using turtle dying plastics. because of a water bottle that you drank. You should have avoided the water bottle. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. You should have not Let's, used single use plastics. This is not. A, this is next week is the green podcast. <laughs> this week is the money podcast. It's a okay, different just, kind of green. Just to lay it out there, I am not like you hate the planet. Anti green. Like I'm very like no. You hate the planet. Personally, I wish we do you more hate the about planet. like climate change. Stuff, but that's neither. You know what? Yeah. You know what we could do to help podcast. the planet if you really care. Uh, all right, chill, stop chill, chill, using chill, chill. single-use plastics. Not, okay, 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 okay. Devon, say you it get is appro- that serious. It's the planet. Chill. Add the music. Say you get approved <laughs> for a fifteen hundred dollar credit card, and then out of it, you only use your normal. You said like you said eighty bucks usually at the end of two weeks, seventy, eighty bucks. And I use maybe like forty. I'm saying each two weeks you said you, you spend about 80 bucks or you make about 80 bucks. No, I make about 80 bucks. Okay, what do you spend in two weeks? Like 20 to 40. 20 to 40. So in a month you say you spend – let's take the high end of it just – Let's say 80. Let's say I spend 80 in a month. That doesn't add up, my boy. In a month? Yeah. Oh, that, that, that wasn't what he was saying. He said he was making 160. Oh. He'd spend about 80. Okay. So say you make 80 bucks out of your $1,500 credit limit, which is standard for someone that's never had much credit for a student card. I would say. Um, that means you're spending only 5%. Your credit score is going to get a really nice boost just from the fact that you're barely utilizing a lot of that credit. And it's going to help your age of accounts and your number of accounts start to grow. And you're going to get cash back from that. So of that $80 that you're spending in a month, you know, you may have a student card that gives you five percent cash back or three so percent cash back. Minimum, you're going to get eighty cents, which honestly, I know it doesn't sound like a lot. Eighty cents a month throughout the year—that's ten bucks. So whatever. Um, I can buy a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> what Coke are you buying that costs ten dollars? I'm buying your flat nitro. Oh my Pepsi. god, that's petty. <laughs> um, I mean, but if you spend a thousand dollars in books, or if you buy some nice shoes that are $200 or if you buy a nice hat that is 50 bucks or if you buy a cool what hat well old is hats. it gold well, plated no no the like new era fitted hats are usually like $55 yeah. my Patriots You're one was $55 $50 that for is a, a nice hat, oh, yeah. hat. not it was for a, a nice hat. hat it is it is it's a really nice hat <laughs> I there, I almost hats. spent another 50, like I really want to get another one, but that's like I'm gonna save up for a couple weeks. I, I don't know, one. but I no, I don't know if you know, but I, I appreciate hats. I think he was I think he was throwing a sh- throwing shots at me. No, 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 my hair is crazy he, today. Check that. I like this slick back look. I'm not gonna lie. It really doesn't look but, bad. Um, it doesn't look bad, but okay, I feel well, like now I don't you're messing to with it to much. make it over look the bad. summer. I can I can like say stay there and it'll stay there. Are you ready? 
Oh wow! <laughs> over okay, the summer, anyway. though, like he was he he he. I think he might have pointed out that stuff because like over the summer, I did show him and Matt like a pair of shoes that I really wanted, but they were like two ten, and I showed them the hat that I bought, which was also like another fifty. But I didn't end up getting the shoes because I was a responsible boy and wanted to get my books Jimmy for Neutron school. Jimmy Neutron realness happening. Yeah. <laughs> JP's doing his hair. Okay. Obviously, you could put all this in Excel in an Excel spreadsheet and you could see – put your hat on. You look like my grandfather. <laughs> Pop up. You guys all just met last week and that's how he wears a hat. He I didn't because nobody head. texted me. Mm. I thought you were at home. You didn't text me. You didn't you text were at me. home. I was not at Apparently home. Apparently, she got at. back earlier in the day. She just didn't tell any of us. Ah. None of you texted me to see – because I assumed you were still at home. Okay. Anyway. So you could do all the math on what cash back you're getting. But my the point that I think JP and I are trying to make is if you use a credit card responsibly, it's it's going to benefit you in definitely for sure in small doses now. Like I'm not I'm not saying that you're going to be making huge changes in your life by having one right now. It's definitely nice. Like, I get a good amount of cash back. Um, like, I taught a CPR class last two week two weekends ago. And uh, for that CPR class, I had to order a bunch of materials. I, in my case, like, the materials didn't come in time, so I'm returning them, which kind of sucks. But the cash back is yours. I don't lose the cash back for that. So by buying that and returning it, I, quote, unquote, make a profit. I don't really because I bought it from a, uh, like, a corporate purchasing site, so I have to pay return shipping. Um, it's not like Amazon where they can just do it for free. Something else that uh, initially, like, in our group chat of the podcast uh, was was added to this topic was also investments. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to talk about an investment that I eventually want to – Are you talking about, like, marketing – not just rolling, but watches in general. Oh. Because, like, I, I've really won. Watches are cool. Like, objectively, watches are really nice. And if you buy watches, usually they inc- like they increase with how old they are. Because, like, like with Rolex, right? They're making a finite amount of those watches. And there's still going to be people who want, like, Rolex model A5067Z. And there's only been 10 of them made. And you have one of those 10, and now it's increasing in value because of its, like, scarcity. So that's something that I want to get into eventually is, like, What about NFTs? No. <laughs> no. You mean the things I can I mean, screenshot and have for myself? <laughs> no. It's not the same thing. It's not But the it's same. the same idea. There's only one. You pay a value for that. So come yeah, on, okay, you don't want. Okay, this I, is, I understand I having the papers. You don't want one of those monkeys. They're pretty sick. I know. I understand okay, like having the like PDF the, paper yeah. of like this is my NFT, like legitimately. But like I can search any NFT. I right. Want like I can do like okay, you buy ownership. Like, but, I can yeah, exactly. I can Google the Mona Lisa. Download that image. Go to Walmart where they'll print JPEGs onto canvases. Have the Mona Lisa printed onto canvas. Take that home and hang it up. Doesn't mean I can say I own the Mona like that. Like, yeah, but you have a copy. Like, it's not really going to be that much different from having the the question is the Mona Lisa is different, but the NFT like like objectively like when you if you own the NFT. It's going to be a picture. I go to eBay. Screenshot. I buy a Rolex. A a copy. I have a copy. I have a Rolex. No, but I feel that's, like that's different. There's no difference. Like, no. That's like with the Mona NFTs Lisa, his example wasn't good are... because the Mona Lisa is a physical object. Like, there is one Mona the Lisa. The Rolex is metal. It feels nice, but it's a copy. It's just 
$15 million cheaper. I don't think that's there are fully, there... Like, lit, like, I don't think that's even. Like, one is a physical object, one is a computer picture. Whether or not it's even is a matter of your opinion. Because, like, I, I, there are robots out there that have painted... Almost perfect, like indistinguishable by experts, copies of the Mona Lisa. I don't know if they've done the Mona Lisa specifically, but other famous paintings. What makes them different at that point? Does it matter to you that you get to be the one that says, obviously you can't own the Mona Lisa, it's in the Louvre. Um, but does it matter to you that you get to be the one that says, I own the Mona Lisa, just as an example? Because other than that, if technology got advanced enough or if you got it printed at Walmart and hung it up on a wall that people were watching, looking at it from far enough away, what difference does it make is the point. And that's the same thing with an NFT. Like with an NFT, it's a little bit different because when you're talking about digital reconstruction, like taking a screenshot of something, you can get a near perfect match easier than having to like have a painting robot do it. But you can also go buy I don't know about Rolex specifically, but there are a lot of things out there where you can buy copies of it where it's the exact same build quality. It's just built under a different name, and therefore it's cheaper. I, I'm yeah. not saying Rolex specifically. I'm sure you can find there, like – There are definitely Rolexes that are made of like puppy tears that you put them on your wrist and your hand turns green and you have to get it amputated. There are definitely those <laughs> shit copies that I think you're referencing when JP says he, bu he buys a copy. Um, this is not trying to be Rolex. Uh, I know. However, you could feasibly – I mean, I'm not saying you personally, but like you can someone someone out there could open a factory where they make perfect copies of Rolexes, sell it where they are exactly identical just for a cheaper price because it doesn't have the brand name on it and still make an enormous profit off of it. Yeah. So I guess I guess I understand it more now because like I was thinking I was gonna say, well, like with <laughs> Rolex, there's like the history and like as you it say, is. but I, I guess there's also the same thing with NFTs, like technically there is kind of a history behind it that you're then validated with with that like PDF well, of your like, ownership. And you get like the same thing with Rolex. Like you get like something that you get a says, certificate this is of your this yeah. is your Rolex. Um think about like like you're talking about Rolex as something that will appreciate value. Yes. Like the literal version of the word appreciate. And like the easiest example for that a lot of the time is cars. And I'm gonna don't use you the own easy that example. Um, no, you don't. Oh, I thought you had one. So, like, take my car. My car – I have a nice car. It was not cheap one. when You're the original owner bought it. Right I didn't now? buy it new. You're going to buy an NFT? Is that what you said? Um, <laughs> um, oh, I can only do ETFs. However, my car what is, is – Wait, hold up. What's an ETF? Um, ETF is totally different. Yeah, it's not it, – It's more it's like a stock stocks. than an yeah. NFT. Oh. Um, so – my car is a nice car. I like my car. It has a well-known logo on it. However, there's nothing particularly special about my car. So it is still, <laughs> at this very second, depreciating loads and loads of value as time passes. 
And when you look at cars, take the percentage of cars that appreciate value over time and the percentage of cars that depreciate almost all of their value really quickly, the percentage of cars that are appreciating value as time passes They're just is, super cars. is minuscule. Like obviously if you want to go buy, <coughs> you know, the Porsche that whatever Daniel Craig drove in some James Bond film, that car has appreciated in value millions of dollars probably over what it originally would have sold if it was any other factory model Porsche 911 or Cayenne or whatever the fuck car it is. But if you go out right now and you buy a 2021 Porsche Cayenne, 2022 Porsche Cayenne, or I'm a big fan of the Porsche 911, like it's a beautiful car, or the Taycan, you go out and buy those, they're beautiful cars. They're like art to own to me. However, chances are, if you look at the grand scheme of things, statistically, chances are that this Porsche Cayenne or this Porsche Taycan you just bought is not going to be that Porsche Taycan 50 years from now that everyone's like, man, 2020 U, 2020 U, 2022 was the freaking year for the Porsche Taycan, where now everyone wants your Porsche, and they're willing to spend two, three, five times what you paid for it back then. Yeah. My family, so my great uncle, his living once he, so he actually, he owned a dairy business, but then when he got out of that, he ran a side business restoring and reselling antique cars to beautiful condition. But accounting for interest, most of them still didn't resell for much more than their original sale price. Beautiful car, but there just wasn't anything particularly special about it. So if you're going to go buy a Rolex and it's going to be like Nick Cannon's Rolex where it's in like cost 10 million dollars it's encrusted with diamonds and it no, was worn no, no, by no, Nick no, Cannon. No, 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 no. I know it's not actually don't buy anything do, was worn by me, Nick Cannon. Me, I don't know. I don't know. Let me but, clear something real quick. Any diamonds that are added to a watch not factory set depreciate the value of that watch. Um like that like that watch is special for other reasons. One of them being it was worn by Nick Cannon if you're into that. However, if you're into Nick Cannon, not every Rolex that's produced. In fact, I would I know for sure less than half. I would guess probably less than a quarter of all Rolexes produced appreciate value. Mm -hmm. So if you go out and you buy a Rolex and you buy a really nice Rolex, maybe there's only 10 of them made, which makes yours special. But if there's not someone 20 years from now who thinks that there's something extra special about it, chances are it still won't appreciate value, which like if you're buying the Rolex topic, for you right? as something that you like, that's good. And like, so this is a really small aside. Most college students have something that they consider a budget. It might not be on paper, but they have an idea of how much they want to spend. An important point, if you are going to actually put together a budget, which I think it's useful to do, if you do not put an amount of money in your budget which you are setting aside for spending money on whatever the fuck you want. If you're not setting aside money saying like I'm saving up to buy a new coffee machine, something that is obviously not essential, you're going to not follow your budget. You need to have money in it that is fuck around money or the budget's not going to be followed. And that's well studied and well known across like I don't know if is that economics? Does that mm. fall under economics, business mm -hmm. administration? I feel like if that you don't if you don't put money in for that 
you're not going to follow your budget. If you try and do like 50% of all my money goes towards my necessary life expenses and all the rest of it goes into my investment accounts or whatever, it's never going to happen. You are going to break that budget because you're going to be walking through Walmart and you're going to see that – I don't know. What's something that people like? Squishmallows? TikToks? You see that new TikTok <laughs> that you want to buy. I'm you don't kidding. buy TikToks. I know you don't buy TikToks. You see that thing, your budget's going to fail. Like yeah. it's never going to happen. It's it's absolutely essential you put fuck around money in your budget. Oops, we won for ice cream. Oops, we won for exactly. ice cream again. Ooh, there goes the budget. Get ice cream after this? I just bought ice cream. Everybody Oof. that's not Angus want to go get ice cream after this? Sure. Sure. Um, I was going to say yeah, on the Rolex it. thing. Do you want to come so with us idea, and just not get ice cream? Come with us? My my idea of like Rolex investing, right? First off, like Funny it's joke, not, JP. It's more of not to buy it for the appreciation just to resell it. It's more of like an heirloom thing. Like I want my kids to have watches. Um, I think that has but, sorry for interrupting interrupting you. I ha- I think that has much uh much higher value, like the sentimental value and having like a heirloom piece in your family, that's way more worth it than having like yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Like I like I want one I want like a couple of watches. Like Rolex is just kinda like the more like well known, but like at some point I want like a Patek. At some point I want a Richard Meal and things like that. But I would buy them from like an authorized dealer where someone has had it, it's a well known piece and they've resold it. And so now like like not that it's a guaranteed appreciation from the price that I bought it from, but now it's more like a stock where someone sold it at this price and I'm buying it, and now it's an heirloom. But if the need ever arose, there could be a reseller where you hope that it's higher. Or whatever, you don't you know? want an Apple Watch where you can play games and no. call your mommy? <laughs> <laughs> I will say. on my Rolex. Um, there's de- so thinking, you're thinking long-term sentimental value. You were with me at the store the other day. Do you remember mm-hmm. I spent a lot of money on something that I didn't need to spend a lot of money on? Yeah. So the other day, last Saturday, I brought – brought? God, I can't bought. fucking talk. Uh, Close enough. I bought an espresso maker. They had much cheaper espresso makers there. They had kind of like shitty-ish looking espresso makers. They were like $40. Mm-hmm. The one that I bought was like $100 more than that. The one that I bought does espresso, cappuccino. It's it's more fancier. Um. Part of what was going into that for me, I'm thinking still just short-term investment-wise, do I want to buy the slightly shittier $40 one and then sometime down the road decide that I want a higher quality that I'm getting from that and decide to buy something more expensive? And then at that point, I buy a $150 espresso machine, whatever, I'm pulling numbers out of my ass. Now I've spent $200 on espresso machines, if you put that together. That's like a short-term view of things for me. I bought a couch earlier this year. It's a shit couch. It is covered in claw marks from my cat already. That's When I was buying that, I knew this couch, point number one, is going in my dorm. Point number two, it's a futon because I needed to be able to fit it into my dorm. It needs to fit through the doorway. So I couldn't buy a whole-ass couch. I didn't have a truck to transport it in. So in that case, I accepted buying a cheaper, slightly shittier couch 
knowing that when I move somewhere else someday, I'm probably going to upgrade that couch. But I had the option to buy that couch or to buy a nicer $400 couch, but I knew that $400 couch was also going to get shit on. So why spend $400 for the next two years of my university dorm when I can spend 200 bucks? because I know that either way I'm later going to want to upgrade to a not futon, a real couch. Yeah, going back to the coffee machine example, I had the same thing. So I bought a coffee machine for my dorm room, and I had, like, a bunch of options. I can go for, like, the very small one. You can get a coffee, and then you need to put more water. But then you fill it, and the build quality is pretty cheap. So maybe yeah. by the end of this year, it's... I, I'll probably need a new one or like buy one that is the same brand. It's a little bit bigger. You can have more water, which is like beneficial when you're making coffee. You don't need to refill the thing every single morning or every single day or every single time you use it. But then the build quality is much, it's much more, it's way better. Like you feel it and it feels smooth. So that's, that's also a thing. Like if you buy something cheap, it's more likely to like not last as long as if you buy something more expensive. And if that's the situation for you, then then that's your situation. But if it's something that you – like the, the term investment can mean a lot of things. And we got to wrap this up. But I will say I think probably not next week, but maybe next time we wrap back around to JP, there were like three other things we wanted to talk about tonight all related to financial literacy that we didn't get to because we ended up actually spending a lot of time on just this one thing. I think the next time we should we wrap back around to JP as our central host, we should do another little financial corner with Juanpa. Uh, <laughs> Juanpa, the finance guru. Uh, but I think we're going to need to – you want to wrap it up for tonight, JP? Sure. So we'll call it a day, uh, night. Um, I think it was pretty good. I hope we convinced somebody. I'm not looking at anybody specifically. In, <laughs> informed someone out there, informed. and I hope we convinced someone in here. Yeah. <laughs> I said no comment right now. That's good. We'll talk after that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but the idea was to share this information out there because sometimes, like, even in school, even in intro to microeconomics, intro to macroeconomics, they don't show you this. Like, No, when I was younger, when I thought of credit cards, I was like, why are people out there spending money they don't have for no benefit? Yeah. And in reality, if you use a credit card properly, you're not spending money you don't have, and you do get benefits. And that's right. my biggest point that I wanted to get across mm-hmm. in this episode. So just sharing information. Hopefully we got somebody um, in the right track. Not in the right track, but with the right information so that, so that they can get in the right track. Uh, we'll see you next week, everyone. See you. Peace out. JP, say adios because you're Mexican. Adios, amigos. Mm-hmm.